So, um, as I was uh, looking around uh, today for a uh, a good and exciting topic for us to uh, to study, so I happened to have uh, picked up a, a safer that was at the at the Kolo, and I was looking through the table of contents. So I saw he had the uh, related to the Shiloh, which came up uh, over Shabbos by Shabbos Mincha, which I spoke a little bit about uh, Shal Shuris, but I thought we might as well now that we have the opportunity look it up inside. Now that uh, you know, we could go ahead and we could gather all of those sources uh, together. So I will uh, tell you the specific scenario which happened, and then we'll go ahead and we'll go through the sources, and you'll see uh, a little bit the uh, the difficulty why it's like such a sensitive uh, topic in the sense that um, not only is there machlokas about it, but it's something which is difficult to go ahead and define exactly how it works. What happened was, uh, is that uh, this past Shabbos, so there were three Avelim in Shul, three, or actually four, three sons of the Nifter, together with the brother of the Nifter. All four of them happened to be Levim. And Shabbos Mincha, they were the only Levim in Shul. Now, as we're going to see, generally an Avil does not get an Aliyah during Shiva. That's one of the things which is, is prohibited, even though it's, uh, it's Shabbos. And most morning practices are not observed. And now the question was, can you go ahead and you give them an Aliyah anyways? Because you, if you ask them to leave, does it become a public observance of mourning on Shabbos, which is one of the things that we are opposed to. So as I mentioned, Shabbos by Shal Shudas, I said that this idea of what's considered to be to be a velus b'farhesia, what's considered to be a public observance of mourning on Shabbos, which is prohibited. So this is something which is subject to quite a significant debate. So uh, what we ended up doing, uh, Mark Zagoran's idea of the Gabbai was that if I, the only Kohen who was there at the time, walk out, so then you don't have to give a Kohen aliyah, then you could just go straight to Yisrael, and then you could uh, avoid the Levium altogether. So we actually followed that uh, that approach. I mentioned it uh, in Kolal, and everybody gave a nice smile, and they liked the idea very much. They were very uh, satisfied with uh, that as a solution to uh, to the problem. But let's go ahead and see the uh, the halachas um, inside and see exactly what uh, what what the issues are and how what a challenge it is to go ahead and define these things. Okay, so hopefully that is there on your screen now. That's the best I can do for spelling it transliterate. Um, you know, that's as much as I'm going to be able to do. Okay, so now, uh, so we begin with a, a stiff in Shulchanar. So this is all the way towards the end of Yoridea, almost at the very end of Yoridea. So he says that um, Simon Tuff, Steve Aleph, the Shulchanar says that Shabbos Eno Mavsik Avelus, Ve'ola Leminyan Shiva. So inevitably, there's going to be a Shabbos during the observance of Shiva. And the halach is, this comes straight out of a mission in Moed Katan, that Shabbos does not interrupt the Avelis as Yantif does. Yantif brings Avelis to a halt, and you don't make it up afterwards. So Shabbos doesn't stop the seven days of Avelis, and it counts as one of the seven days. So we, one does not observe seven days beside Shabbos. It's seven days, including Shabbos. Shaharei, and the reason why this is so, because some of the halachas of Avelus are observed on Shabbos, which are private matters of a private observances of Avelus. So those are observed even on Shabbos, because the only issue is 
to have a public contrast, a public disregard for Shabbos uh, in favor of Avelus. And Shabbos is completely intolerant of Avelus. So rather than having um, the uh, 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 public observances of Avelus on Shabbos, so uh, Avelus gets pushed aside and Shabbos takes priority. So what are the private things? Shehem, Pashmi Shamita Urechitza. So marital relations in bathing, even in a circumstance where it would potentially be permitted, like just washing your hands or something like that. So those restrictions are going to apply on Shabbos uh, during Avelus. But those things which would be a public display of Avelus on Shabbos, to take off, they had a practice of wrapping their head in a particular way, which demonstrated mourning, which we don't really do anymore. So that's why it's a little bit vague. The Lilbosh Minala, but we allow the Avel during Shiva to wear his regular shoes. The Lizkov Hamita Mikfiasa, we allow the Avel to, we'll just say, sit on a regular chair. They don't have to sit low to the ground. The Shalom Lilbosh Beged Karua, and the Avel does not wear torn garments on Shabbos. Elamachlifo, but he put changes to wear his Shabbos garments. All of those things are not done on Shabbos. So Shabbos pushes aside those restrictions. Then the one which is going to be most important for us is the Talmud Torah, Torah Havi Torah study is considered to be a private aspect of Avelus. The restriction against studying Torah is a private observance of Avelus. And therefore, one in Avel on Shabbos does not study Torah. Once Shabbos comes, he can't break out a Bab Metziah and decide, you know what, I'm going to move to Chazer Bab Metziah, or I want to go ahead and catch up on Dafyomi. I missed the past five days. So even though it's Shabbos, and many of the, the uh, Avelus observances are not kept, Talmud Torah is one of those things which the Avel is not allowed to do, even on Shabbos. Now here's where it gets sticky. Now let's say the Gabbai doesn't know that the Avel is in Avelus, that the person is in Avelus, and he calls somebody up for an Aliyah on Shabbos. So then the Avel has no choice. He can't say no once he was called up. Besides the general uh, um, uh, perspective that it's not a good thing to refuse an Aliyah when it is offered, but to go ahead and do so on Shabbos in favor of Avelus. So that becomes, again, that's a problematic because Shimhaya Nimna Haya Davar Shalafarhesya. Because if the other were to go ahead and refuse the Aliyah, that now becomes a public demonstration of Avelus on Shabbos, which we said you're not allowed to do. So generally, we don't call up an Avel for an Aliyah on Shabbos during Avelus. However, this is where things now really get, get interesting. For Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbeinu Tam was a literature rather than a Hasidisher apparently, so even though predated them by a couple of centuries, but Rabbeinu Tam used to get the Shlishi Aliyah in Shul every week, as the Gadol Hador is one of the, the leaders of the generation, so he received Shlishi every week, and And when Rabbeinu Tam was in Shiva, so the Gabbai said, you know what, the Rav is in Avelus, Avelim aren't allowed to get an Aliyah on Shabbos, so the, the Gabbai didn't call up Rabbeinu Tam for Shlishi, and the Allah and Rabbeinu Tam just went up to the Bima and he took the Aliyah all by himself without being called up. He just marched his way to the Bima and took the Aliyah. Vamar, and he explained probably in his Drasha afterwards, or maybe Shal Shudas, either one of those, but he explained Shekevan Shuhurgali Kroso Shlishi Shabbos, being that everybody knows 
that the Rav, Rabbeinu Tam, gets Shlishi each and every Shabbos. So if somebody sees that this Shabbos of Tam is not getting an Aliyah, the reason why he's not getting the Aliyah must be because he's an Avelus. And what does that become? The Havi, and if he, they were to think that, Havi Dvarim Shofar Hesha. That would become a public demonstration, a public observance of mourning on Shabbos. And since that's not allowed, so we suspend the normal restriction against an Avel getting an Aliyah, and Rabbeinu Tam said, I am allowed, he wasn't even called up, but he said, I should, I have to get this aliyah because you're not allowed to do public demonstrations of mourning on Shabbos. Okay? So that is what Rabbeinu Tam did. And now the Ramah says, Avel, let's say the only Kohen in Shul happens to be an Avel. There's no other Kohen in Shul. So it would be permitted to call him because otherwise it would be a demonstration of Avelus. But if there's another coin available, you don't call up the coin as an avil, you call up somebody else. And Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah don't mention it, but later poskim say this idea that if it's possible to go ahead and ask the coin to leave the shul when they're calling up that first aliyah, then that's even better. Because as long as it's not going to be noticeable that he's not there because of avilus, he just happens to be in the, the hallway getting a drink or in the hallway coming back from the washroom as long as he's not there at the time that you're calling him up. So then that does not become a demonstration of Avelus Beferhesi. Okay? So that is Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. There, an Avel should not be getting an Aliyah on Shabbos of his Avelus. Now, the Taz goes ahead and quotes the following. The Taz quotes a similar circumstance as Rabbeinu Tam's, but not exactly the same thing, and we're going to have to figure out why they're different. Because of Rashal, so the Marshal in the Chuv, which we're going to see in a moment, the Avul Shayom Milas Beno B'Shabbos, so a common practice was when you look in the Halachas about who has priority to get an Aliyah, so a father on the day of his son's bris milah should get an Aliyah. Because the mitzvah is taking place that day, so normally you would want to go ahead and you would want to call the father for that aliyah. But let's say he's an avel, so there's a lot going on for this person, a lot of uh, mixed emotions. So you have a father who's in shiva, he's sitting shiva, but it hap- on Shabbos, it happens to be the day that his son is going to get a bris milah. So it's Shabbos avelus, on the day his son's going to get a bris milah. So do you give him an aliyah or not? So the marshal Paskins, and the Taz is going with this, he says, no, the father of the baby on that day, on that Shabbos, should not receive an aliyah, even though it's what's normally done, that fathers of babies who get a bris milah always get an aliyah. Even though in some places the minog is that they consider it to be a chiyuv, an obligation for the father to go ahead and get an aliyah on the day of his son's avelus. Nonetheless, the Marshal says, when if you do not give the father an aliyah on that Shabbos that he's an Avel, that's not called a public observance of Avelus on Shabbos, and therefore you could you could deny him that aliyah. You sh- according to Marshal, you should deny him that aliyah. So now we have this 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 problem. We have two cases which seemingly we would assume that they should share a common halacha. They should either both be mutter or both be aser. And yet we find that in one case it was mutter, one case it's aser. Rabbeinu Tam felt that since every Shabbos he gets an aliyah 
he gets Shlishi. Therefore, if he does not receive Shlishi on the Shabbos of, uh, of his Avelus, that would be Avelus Befarhesia. That would be a public observance of Avelus, and therefore it's not allowed. And therefore they, therefore, they cannot deny him that aliyah. He has to have the an aliyah. And he felt so strongly about it that even he, though he wasn't even called up for the aliyah, he went up to the Torah to take the aliyah anyways. And then you have, on the other hand, you have the Marshall's case where somebody is, uh, in many communities, a common practice was for the father of a baby who's receiving a brismila to get an aliyah that day. But in the event that you have the father of the baby, who happens to be in Shiva at the same time, then the marshal says he should not get an aliyah. And that's not called by denying him that aliyah, that's not considered to be a public observance of Avelos on Shabbos. So why by Rabbeinu Tam to not receive an aliyah, that would be a public observance of Avelos on Shabbos, but to deny the father of the baby receiving a bris milah, an aliyah on Shabbos, that is not a public display of uh, mourning on Shabbos. To me, what jumps out is uh, the Taz use of uh, Shenago. Uh, it's customary, or uh, it's a yeah custom. Right. Uh, it's Mikomos. It's uh, right. it's yeah. less than compulsory. Right. Excellent. Very good. So we're going to see the Taz actually gives four reasons. Uh, we're not going to see them all, just uh, for the sake of of time, and I have to number them as well. Um, so we'll just jump to, his, to the distinctions which he draws. So he says, number one is, he says, the Hasam calls Shabbos the Shabbos Hayola. So in Rabbeinu Tam's case, he got an Aliyah literally every Shabbos. Every Shabbos he got an Aliyah. That was just part of the standard way that uh, Shul was run. That there would be Pesukah Zimra, and then you have the uh, the Shachris, and then you have a Hibin Sorein Kamocha, and then the Rav would always get Shlishi. That was something which everybody knew happened. Therefore, to not do something which happens every Shabbos, that becomes a public display. But the father of the baby who's receiving a bris milah, so there's many Shabbases where this fellow does not receive an aliyah. So if he doesn't receive one on this particular Shabbos, it's not going to be as noticeable. And it may very well be that there's many Shabbos and that there is no father of a child receiving a bris milah. So to not give an aliyah at, in that particular time, so that's not something which is going to be so noticeable. And therefore, uh, that's going to be the difference. So the explanation number one the top, the marshal is drawing a distinction between something which happens every Shabbos to not do something which happens every Shabbos that would be farhasa that would be public to not do something which you only do occasionally on Shabbos so that people might not even notice and therefore you could just let it slide that's number one number two he says vaod hasam tam derami alayu he says the fact that rabenu tam is getting shlishi that's not just something, a practice which they did. That's actually considered to be a chiyuv. That's considered to be an obligation to give that aliyah. Why? He has to receive shlishi. Why? Like we learn in Gitin. The Gemara asks, what, we know that the first aliyah on Shabbos, or the first aliyah by Kriyas is a Kohen. And we know the second aliyah is a Levi. So the Gemara asks, who should get the third aliyah? And the Gemara answers, Tamar Chacham HaMamunim Alatzibur. So Tamar Chacham, who's a leader over the community. So Rabbeinu Tam was the Gadol Hador, one of the Gadol Hador. So certainly he should be receiving Shlishi. So being that it's a Chiyuv for him, so we're not going to go ahead and 
do away with what's a chiyav, what's an obligation, which is to honor the Gadol Ador with an aliyah, uh, just because it's Avelos on Shabbos, because that would mean that the Avelos is going to suspend something which is an obligation. And the Avelos on Shabbos is not enough to suspend what's considered an obligation. But over here, where you want to give the father of the baby who's having a brismila on an uh, uh, aliyah on Shabbos, where it's nobody says it's a chiyuv, it's a minog in some places that they go ahead and they give it. And nobody says it's an essential chiyuv, it's just a minog. Again, not to disparage minhagim, but it's just a minog. So if you don't call him up for an aliyah, that's not going to be considered to be something which is farhesia. That's not considered to be something which is so blatant and so obvious that it's being skipped. Um, okay, in the next answer, I don't want to read it because it'll take uh, um, longer to explain, but in the explanation number three, so the uh, the uh, so the um, the marshal says that the difference is whether or not this is something which is fixed. Right, he differentiates between something which is kavua, something which is expected, or something which is not a chiyuv, but something which is a, a a regular practice versus something which happens only occasionally. So it's a little different than chiyuv in minog. But he d- draws a distinction between something which happens regularly versus something which happens occasionally. And then his final answer is number four over here. He says, I don't know why it's doing this. He says, he says, He says that the practice of Rabbeinu Tam was a chiddish. The fact that Rabbeinu Tam came along and took an aliyah uh, even though he wasn't called, and even though it was during uh, it was during Avelos, that's actually a chiddush. It was a novel thing which he did. And although certainly we're not going to come along, we're not going to criticize Rabbeinu Tam for what he did, but we do put boundaries around that. And the phrase which Chazal use and the Marshal uh, use over here is umichiddush lo yafinan. So sometimes you can have a rav who does something which is surprising. We don't understand exactly what the rationale is, but undoubtedly somebody like Rabbi Tam has a rationale for what he did. But being that we don't know what that rationale is, so we can't apply it to other circumstances. So what Rabbi Tam did undoubtedly was correct, but being that we don't understand the svara, he didn't write this up in a tshuva, he didn't publish the rationale why he felt it was uh, essential for him to get an aliyah, even though he was in the middle of Shiva. So we let Rabbeinu Tam practice just stand by itself, but we can't go ahead and start applying that to other cases because if we don't understand why it happened and it seemingly is inconsistent with halacha, we just leave it alone. And that's called, we don't learn out from chidushin. And therefore, when we try and apply that, let's say, for example, to the father of the baby who is having a bris milah, so since that's not the exact case of Rabbeinu Tam, we don't extend that rationale, and we rely on what's clear in halacha, which is an avol should not be getting an aliyah on Shabbos. And that's what we will revert to. Okay. Now, the in a sefer, it's called Bemara HaBezek, this is Rabbi Carmel, he actually spoke in Shobayas a couple, a couple of times, tall Israeli uh, uh, spoke, I remember, by the, the Abrams. He spoke about Yushalayim and Hebron. He spoke about uh, the cities. 
But anyway, so in the Tshuva Sefer that the, the, his uh, his uh, Kola puts out, so he now points out, he says, According to the first explanation of the Marshal, that has to do with that Rabbeinu Tam would get an Aliyah every Shabbos, as opposed to the father of a boy having a bris milah, which is not necessarily every Shabbos. Um, actually, you know what? We know we're not going to do this because this is on a slightly different point. We'll just jump to the. We'll stick with the regular marmakomos of the Aliyah. So here, so now, the question uh, which we'll continue with is: So what are we going to do now with the? Uh, this uh, this uh, you know, inconsistency between the uh, Rabbeinu Tam and the Taz. So we have machlogas going on. Seemingly, there's a machlogas. Rabbeinu Tam says that an Avel can get an Aliyah when it's necessary to do so, even though it's during Shiva, uh, when it's going to be Avelus before Hesya. And the Marshal says, no, even when there's a minute to give uh, an Aliyah, if a person is an Avelus during uh, Shiva, he doesn't get an Aliyah. So now the Pisrei Tshuva, Pisrei Tshuva appears on the page of Shochanach over there, and he's very helpful because he cites many of the relevant early Tshuvas that would be applicable to the Halachas being discussed. So he says, the Ayin B'Tshuvas Das Eish, if you look in the Sefer, Simen Vav, Shedaito Enokein, he disagrees, and uh, he says that he disagrees with the um, uh, with the marshal, with the restriction of the marshal, and he says nothing doing because of and he writes, he explains anytime you have a person who is uh, uh, observing Avelus, he's in the middle of Shiva, Shabbos comes along, and there's a reason why, if it wasn't Avelus, you would give him an aliyah. So he's one of those people who's high up on the priority list of who should get an aliyah, even though it's during Shiva, even though it's uh, it, it's Shabbos of Shiva. And he says, Kigo, what's an example? Im ishto yoledes. So right following childbirth, so it's common practice to give a husband an aliyah. So if you have a person who's sitting Shiva and his wife gave birth that week where he would normally get an aliyah, oh, shuhu yortzite. Or we all know uh, as well that on the Shabbos before the Yorzeit or on the day of the Yorzeit as well. So it's common for a person to get an aliyah. It's common for a man to get an aliyah in that case. So what happens is this, this arises occasionally that the person is in the middle of Shiva. So they should not be getting an aliyah, but they have Yorzeit, which means that they should get an aliyah. So what happens when you have that conflict? Now, bear in mind that in this example of the Yorzeit case, not everybody necessarily knows that the fellow has Yorzeit. But only the Gabayim remember that because they remember year after year that they always get the, an Aliyah the Shabbos, they always do the Haftorah, whatever it is the Gabayim may know, but the general uh, congregation would not know that the person is necessarily a Yorzite and should be getting an Aliyah that Shabbos. But nonetheless, says the Das Eish that anytime you're in a circumstance where the expectation is the person should get an Aliyah, Mutulalos the Torah. So then he's allowed to get an aliyah even though he's in the middle of Shiva. So he's going like Rabbeinu Tam approach rather than the Marshal approach because because if he's not called up, then it's considered to be a public demonstration of Avelus. And the Das Eish, quoted by the Pischei Tshuva over here, he is of the opinion that anything which is even going to be a hint 
towards the observe the public observance of Avelis on Shabbos, this is something which is not allowed, and therefore he adopts a very lenient view, like Rabbeinu Tam, that Rabbeinu Tam was, uh, was, there is even more of a reason for him to get an aliyah in the middle of a shiva, because this is something which everybody would notice, and something which happens every week. But nonetheless, the Das Eish says that anytime there's an expectation somebody should get an aliyah, if you deny him that aliyah because of Avelis, that becomes a public display of Avelis and Shabbos. Now, interestingly, um, he says that comes along the Gilion Marsha, the Gilion Marsha also appears on the page of Shulchan Aruch over there. This is the son of Rabbi Kiva Eger, of Shlomo Eger is his name. And he also, in his Shulchan Aruch, wrote notes around on the side of the page in the Gilion in the margins. And they uh, they got a copy of his Shulchan Aruch, and they copied, they transcribed his notes, and they ended up publishing them in uh, editions of the Shulchan Aruch. So he says, he, he notes, Ayin Shuvas Das Eish, so he makes reference to the same tshuva, the Das Eish, the Kasav, and he writes, the Das Eish writes, like Rabbeinu Tam, the lenient approach, the anybody who has a chiv to get a, an aliyah on Shabbos, could go in your site. For example, somebody who's observing a your site, Vishto Yoletis, or if a person's wife recently gave birth where the father gets an aliyah, the father-husband gets an aliyah, or Shmini or let's say it's Simchas Torah, where a shakar in the kulam, where everybody gets an aliyah, so that's considered to be something which is public. To not get an aliyah under those any of those circumstances would be a public observance of mourning on Shabbos. And as we've said, public observances of mourning on Shabbos are prohibited. And therefore, this they consider the Das Eish considers this to be crossing the line as far as that is concerned. And therefore, he would say that anybody who's expected to get an aliyah, even though it's in the middle of Shiva, should get an aliyah. But now, says Gilya Marsha, I'm not sure why the Das Eish is taking such a lenient view, when It seems that he completely forgot about the opinion of the Marshal, which is quoted by the Taz, who says, addresses a very similar case. That was the case of the father of the baby getting a bris milah, who happens to also be in the middle of Shiva, where the Taz, quoting the Marshal, said he cannot get an aliyah. Because this, since this is not something which happens regularly, to deny an aliyah is not a public display of mourning. And therefore, that's not enough public that it would be uh, that it would be obvious that the person is not getting an aliyah because of because of Avelus. And therefore, he says, deny the, deny the aliyah. So we have a lot of machlokas, which is going on over here. We have Rabbeinu Tam on the one end, the Marshal on the other hand. Pischei Tshuva quotes the Das Eish, who's in favor of Rabbeinu Tam, but the Gilead Marshal comes along and says, I'm in favor, I'm on team Marshal in Taz, to deny them an Aliyah. So we have a Machlokas, which is going back from um, uh, Rishonim and early Achronim, to later Achronim taking sides. So at some point we have to decide, what are we going to do Lemaisa? So for those who are familiar with uh, with Sfarim and whatnot, so um, certainly before the art scroll came out, but even the art scroll really defers that the Sefer, which is considered to be one of the most authoritative, if not the most authoritative Sfarim on Hilchas Avelus, one of the first ones to bring it all together and codify it and organize it very well, is called the Gesher Chaim. Yechiel Michal Tikachinsky is, uh, is the author's name. Uh, so he wrote uh, uh, this famous work on Avelus called Gesher Chaim. 
And he writes as follows. And he takes sides. And But once he decides, once he commits to a particular uh, perspective on this or a particular position on this matter, it becomes very difficult for anybody else to uh, to disagree. You'd have to really know that you have a minna differently uh, than to uh, than to just dismiss the Geshe Chaim. So he says, he writes, Avia ben Balhabris. So you have the father of a baby who's going to have a bris mila that day on Shabbos. Keshu avel afil betok shiva. And he happens to be in Avelus, in the middle of Shiva. So here we have the exact case that we're discussing, the Marshal's case and the uh, the Taz's case, where there's a minag to give the father of the baby an aliyah. But since the father's in the middle of Shiva, where normally we would not want to give an aliyah to the father, afilu beyom harishon. He says, even if it's the first day of Avelus, I'm not exactly sure what he means the first day, because the first day is usually the day of burial, and we don't do burials on Shabbos, but just put that aside, technicality aside. So, Holech Mila, so he would go to the Brismila, Vinoa Manala, and this, oh, actually, this part is even during the week, um, that if a, if you have a, a, a person, again, the mixed emotions is incredible, but you have a person who on the day of, let's say, one of his parents' burial, is the day that he's having the bris milah for his son. So he's doing two things on the same day. The burial of a relative and the bris milah of his son are occurring on the same day. So you might say, listen, the bris milah they can do without the father. The father's not necessarily the moel. So let somebody else do the bris milah. And the father will observe Shiva and they'll come back and they'll uh, they'll uh, they'll uh, they'll tell him what they named uh, the baby. So the the uh, the Geshe Chaim says no. They are, the father of the baby is allowed to go to the bris milah, even if it's outside of the shiva home, when normally we don't allow an other to leave the shiva home. And Vino Manalov, he's allowed to wear his regular shoes, doesn't have to wear his uh, his uh, tennis shoes. Velovish big day Shabbos, and can put on the big day Shabbos, his Shabbos clothing, in honor of the occasion. And Umotologam Lalos the Torah. And he's allowed to even get an aliyah for uh, in Aliyah, and this would be weather Shabbos weather during the week because the common practice is to go ahead and get an Aliyah in that uh, in in that circumstance. That's part of the celebration of the bris, and we allow the father to go ahead and observe that. And he says, "Pachad Yitzchak b'shem halachos ketanos v'od lo k'moshikasa b'shem arshal." And he says explicitly that we are passing like the lenient opinion that any time an aliyah is expected to deny a person that aliyah because of shiva on Shabbos, so that it would be that would constitute avelus bifarhesya, a public observance of avelus which is not allowed, and therefore he's allowed to go to the brismila, he's allowed to get an aliyah, he's allowed to do any of those things because to do otherwise would be a public display of avelus. Now. So now, so as far as that matter is concerned, so the um, the, uh, the the Geshe Chaim adopts the lenient perspective, which would say that if it would be noticeable that the person is not getting an aliyah because of because of Shabbos, so then because of sorry because of Avelus, so then we go ahead and we give him an an aliyah. Now let's take it out, expand this discussion of what's considered to be Avelus Befarhesia with a tshuva from the She'elus Yaivetz. She'elus Yaivetz is with Yaakov Emden. So this is like the middle era of the Achronim. And uh, I didn't have a chance to clean it up from all of the Rashi tables, but we'll make it through. So he says, V'im asoli kanes abeis amishya toch shoshim o toch yudbeis chodesh da'avi v'imo v'shabes. So what he's asking is, somebody's in Avelus. Either they're in the 30-day Avelus for a relative, 
a sibling, a spouse, or a child, or they're within the 12 months of Avelis for a parent, and there's a Suda which is taking place, a Suda's Mitzvah which is taking place on Shabbos. So it's a Sheva Brachos, it's a Bar Mitzvah, it's whatever it happens to be, but there's a Suda's Mitzvah which is taking place on Shabbos, and the Ovel wants to know, not an Ovel during Shiva, but the Ovel wants to know, can he attend? So says Rav Yaakov Emden, I said the whole suda shall simcha that any time we're having a celebratory meal to go in the chasen v'kala b'zayin yemei mishta like for a chasen kala during shavu brachos vada in chiluk ben shabbos achol so in general there's no difference between shabbos and a weekday and that is meaning that the avel is not allowed to attend the shavu brachos because that's considered to be a meal, a, 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 a public gathering during his, the, uh, the period of Avelis for, let's say, for a parent for 12 months. And therefore, one is not allowed to go, regardless of whether it's Shabbos or Yontif. Shaharei ain't zanyamei mishra b'li Shabbos. Because we know it's impossible to have the full Shabbos without there being a Shabbos in the middle. The And certainly, not only during the week with the Avel not allowed to go to a Sheva Brachos, but certainly on Shabbos, the Avel is not allowed to go to Sheva Brachos. Why? Because there's more Simcha. Because it's Shabbos as well. So the Rav Yaakov Emden says, it's clear that somebody who is in Avelis, that the, the neighbor is making Sheva Brachos, and they need somebody to be the center, they need somebody to be the 10th man there so that they could sh- say Sheva Brachos. So the person who's in Avel is not allowed to go. Not allowed to go, regardless of whether it is weekday or whether it's Shabbos, he cannot go. But, now what you're all thinking about, because you were assuming right away relative, but now the Rav Yaakov Emden addressed that in the parentheses. But he says, Let's say the Shev Brachos is in honor of a relative. Then, Then there's reason to be mekel. Because for the brother of the Chassan Akala, the sister of the brother of the Chassan Akala, the parent of the Chassan Akala, the child of the Chassan Akala, for them to not be at to not be at their relative Shev Brachos, everybody will know that the only reason they're not attending Shev Brachos is because it's, it's Avelis on Shabbos. For them to not attend, everybody expects them to be there because they're always at a family simcha. So that would already be a public display of mourning. And he says, explains, that And it's no different than any Avel in the middle of Shiva who on Shabbos is not allowed to do public acts of mourning. But, but like we said, in the event that the person is called up because the Gabbai didn't know, the Avel isn't allowed to refuse Iliyah. And he says that we automatically assume that the immediate relatives of the Chassan Kala are obviously invited to the Shev Brachas, especially when they're in town. So they're obviously invited to the Shev Brachas. For them to not attend would be obvious to everybody that their, their absence is only because of Avelus. And when the absence is, is no, when the absence is noticed and it's because of Avelus, that itself is a public display of mourning on Shabbos, which is not allowed. Uh, but he says, um, Yeah, okay. Now, this next line isn't really our, our topic, but we're going to read it anyways just because it's here. He says, Elamia, however, 
So right now, the 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 Rav Yaakov Ender was addressing a sudas mitzvah, which is particularly joyous. So what's a, a sudas mitzvah which is particularly joyous? That's going to be sheva brachos. So there's great joy at that time. We actually use the term simcha as part of the uh, the celebration. So there, there's a reason to say that the Aval isn't allowed to attend. With the exception of the immediate relatives, immediate relatives would be allowed to attend on Shabbos because otherwise it would be a public display of mourning. But let's say the pseudo which is taking place, this is not everybody Paskins like Rav Yaakov Emden over here, but again, it's important just the, the idea, just to be aware. He says, let's say there's a pseudo mitzvah which isn't as joyous as Sheva Brachos. Kemo shoshvua haben, shosim b'leil Shabbos lezachar hanolat. He calls it shvua haben, we call it nowadays a shalom zachar. So is an Avel allowed to go to a neighbor's or a friend's Shalom Zachar on Shabbos? Oh, or Afilu de Brismila. Or let's say there's a Brismila in Shul on Shabbos, and everybody stays for the Asuda because it's free food. So why wouldn't you stay for free deli on, on Shabbos? So, in that, uh, deli chunks. So Yesh Lahakab Shabbos. So when you have a combination of things, which is the fact that the Suda isn't such a great Simcha, because it's only a Shalom Zachar, or it's only a brismila as opposed to Shabbos, and it's taking place on Shabbos. So those two things combined, of Yaakov Emden says, that already is enough to be mako. Because this, since it's not such a celebratory meal, it's just a meal which, which, which they have a little bit of simcha, but not so much, so he's willing to be mako on that. Uh, and then he says, Eitzach lomer liso eitzach haveiro leonek Shabbos bilvad. And he says, certainly just to eat stam by a friend, which is just an enjoyment, but it's not even a simcha, the shari la'aval achar shiva, that's going to be permitted for an aval after shiva. So during shiva not, but to go ahead and have a meal by a good friend, or even not such a good friend, by a cousin or by a friend, whatever it is. So that is something which is going to be, uh, which is going to be uh, permitted. That Rav Yaakov Emden does not see a restriction. Okay, so now let's see Lemaisa once again. Now that we know that the address for all of these things, Halach Lemaisa, is the Geshe Chaim. So I did have a chance to type this up. So we'll just uh, take a screen, I have a screenshot of it. But here the, uh, uh, the Geshe Chaim writes that when it comes to these various Sudas mitzvahs on Shabbos, so he writes, Hine besudas brismila v'hadoma. He says, when it comes to the meal for a brismila, or something which is similar to that, which occurs on Shabbos. So the Avel is allowed to be present when one of his relatives is 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 hosting a bris milah. So he's allowed as long as it's after Shiva. So he's allowed to attend. And somebody who is an Avel for a parent. So then it's not enough to wait till after Shiva. You really have to wait until. After Shloshim. Ubisudas Nisuin. And when it comes to Shavar Brachos, so he says, Ein Chiluk ben Shabbos the whole, Gamba Avel al Sharakov. He says, It doesn't really make a difference for whether it's Shabbos or it's a weekday. And it doesn't make a difference whether one is mourning a parent or some other relative. For Shavar Brachos, that already is too much. And they're not allowed to go ahead and they're not allowed to, uh, to attend. But he says, But that's only going to be true. This restriction applies only when we're talking about somebody who's a non-relative who wants to attend Sheva Brachos, or a non-relative who may want to enjoy the, uh, the the meal following the bris meal in Shul. Aval Krovim, 
But when it comes to a relative, kagon ach v'achot, where a brother or a sister, shechesronim la'asuda boleid v'nira, where if they are not at the Shefer Brachos, the brother of the Chassan the Kala, or maybe even the brother of the parents of the Chassan the Kala, but certainly the brother of the Chassan the Kala. So, so in, in the event that they do not attend, so then for, to not attend their siblings' Sheva Brachos, that would be a public observance of Avelis on Shabbos, which everybody agrees you're not allowed to do. The whole dispute is what's considered to be a public observance of Avelis on Shabbos. Everybody agrees that you're not allowed to do so. So the Gesher Chaim is adopting the position that for close relatives to not be present at a Sheva Brachos, even on Shabbos, that is a public display of mourning, and that's not allowed. And therefore, as long as they're not in the middle of Shiva, even though it's even within Shloshim, so they should go, they, they're allowed to attend, and they should attend, because to not attend is something which violates Shabbos. And then the Gesher Chaim acknowledges, even though you find some Achronim who are a little bit hesitant about this matter, they're not so certain that not attending the Sheva Brachos on Shabbos is such a public display of mourning. Maybe it's not so noticeable. If they, as long as if they were there and then they walk out, that's already noticeable. But if they don't show up in the first place, how do you know who says that that's noticeable? So even though there are some Achronim who are hesitant about this, the majority of them maintain that to not appear at the Shevrochus of his sibling on Shabbos, that itself yells and screams. It's a neon sign, us old fashioned people. It's a neon sign which says that it's uh, it's Avelus on Shabbos and that you're not allowed to do. And then he goes there, he says, Marikash that's Lechem, Ben Svi, that's the Rav Yaakov Emden, which we saw, should be and the same thing you find in the work called Chidushim Eburim by Rav Ephraim Zalman Margulis, who appears very often in the back of a regular edition of Yoridea. So all of these major achronim. Uh, adopt a lenient position, and therefore the Gesher Chaim adopts that as well, that to go ahead and to not attend something which is a, which would which would be obvious to everybody that the only reason this person is not attending is because of Avelos, that's a reason that you have to attend. And as a general matter, so we, uh, and it's certainly besides the fact that the Gesher Chaim is such an authoritative voice in the halachas of Avelos, but there is also a, a rule which we apply in Avelus, which is halacha kedivra hamekel be'avelus. That when there are disagreements regarding halachas of Avelus, whether something is restricted or not, so as a general practice, we will adopt the lenient opinion, unless the overwhelming majority of achronim are machmer, but when there's a regular machlokas, we would anyways adopt a lenient position. And therefore, that's what we would do. But as we said, in this particular instance, so that's why Let's just go back to our original Shiloh. So when there's about 15 of us or 16 of us in shul for Shabbos Mincha, for five people or four people to pick themselves up and walk out in order to avoid an aliyah, so that's a large enough percentage that that would, in my mind, that would constitute Avelus Bifarhesia. One person, if he asked them to slip out, that might be unnoticeable. But for such a large percentage to slip out, that would already be noticeable. So that's why I was ready to go ahead and give one of them an aliyah but then Mark came up, Mark Zagoran came up with that idea that if I walk out and there's no Kohen, then we could just do three Israel uh, aliyahs and we don't even have to bother with the Levium. And that is what we, uh, we, we, we ended up doing. 
But this is the uh, the issue of not showing up to something on Shabbos when it's uh, it, it's obvious. And there are some times where we extend this even to very close friends. There's somebody that I know, he refers to a friend of his that were brothers from a different mother, just as a way of trying to capture how close friends they are, that they consider themselves to be brothers. But for them to not attend one another's shavrachos or the child shavrachos, that may also be something which shouts out Avelis Befarhesa. And then each case has to be uh, considered uh, independently based on the uh, the individual circumstances. But there is room for leniency when not attending something would uh, would, would be obvious. Alrighty. Okay. Well, this time. Ooh. Thank you, Rabbi. Yeah. So this. Uh, so I'll turn it off without.